Ronaldinho to Messi. Will he get that first goal for Barcelona? Remember the name, Lionel Messi, at the age of 17, scores his first goal for Barcelona. Back to Mbappé! What a great day it's been for him! Oh, spectacular Thiago! Alan, look, very accomplished player himself, and Alan, in behind goes for goal! Hello and welcome to Pure Fit Boys Euro 2020 preview. I'm your host, Alistair Madden, and as ever, this podcast will be in-depth, unbiased and Scottish. In this series, we will look to understand each of the nations at the tournament and break down playing style, key players and expectations. On the show today, we will be reviewing one of the teams I'm really Looking forward to watching this summer, Turkey. And to do so, I'm delighted to be joined by Khan Bayezid. Khan is a freelance sports journalist specialising in the Turkish Super League national team and Besiktas in particular. He also does some writing for World Soccer Digest. Khan, it's great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing great, of course. Besiktas just won the Turkish League title a couple of days ago and Mm -hmm. uh, the Turkish Cup as well. So they did the double this season. So uh, my week is amazing. On top of that, my my son had his sixth birthday yesterday. So I'm uh, I'm having a good week. Yeah, absolutely. That's lovely, Khan. Happy birthday to your son. Hopefully he had a good celebration. And hopefully this summer you'll have even more to celebrate with Turkish success at the Euros. Now, I'm going to ask you to cast your mind back, Khan, to the qualification route. What was the expectation for Turkey going into these qualifiers? Oh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a couple of years ago at this point already, so I have to take myself back a little bit. The mm-hmm. thing is, the, the Euro 2020 qualifiers really set off um, uh, a new beginning for the Turkish national team. Because after that, for many years, it was quite grim. Um, Turkey did qualify for um, the, the last Euros. Uh, but they in 2016, the group stages didn't exactly go well. Um, in fact, like after Euro 2016, there was a lot of backlash on players like uh, Arda Turan, who got a lot of uh, criticism back then. Um, so the, the the national team wasn't really viewed very positively for the last couple of years prior to the Euro 2018 uh, qualifiers. So after Shinol Güneş became the coach again for the Turkish national team, he was, of course, uh, the, the, the coach in 2002 as well, when Turkey achieved their biggest success, mm-hmm. uh, finishing third at the FIFA World Cup in uh, South Korea and Japan. Um, suddenly things started turning around. And there's a very important thing that happened in 2015 when Turkey's Super League and Turkey's football in general for many years had a foreign restriction, a foreign limit, uh, which basically forced clubs to uh, play. They couldn't play more than six foreigners at the time. And even in 2014, 2015, it was five. But for the the uh, the preceding 20 years or so, it had been six. So Mm -hmm. it was very difficult for Turkish clubs to... Um, build squads properly because 
it was very easy for a Turkish national to get a spot on a top team. If you were mediocrely talented and you showed some uh, some talent at a smaller club, you immediately fetched an, uh, an incredibly large transfer fee. For example, four, five, sometimes six, seven million euros for uh, in, in, in the global scheme of things, a very average player, which also, of course, had financial repercussions on the Turkish clubs. Um, long story short, they got rid of that. So the young Turkish talent up and coming, they had to start working more and show more ambition. And we started seeing after they lifted the foreign restriction in 2015, slowly a small exodus starting to happen of Turkish talent going abroad. Like, for example, right now, Lille in the Lille in the, in the Ligue 1 in France has three Turkish internationals in their team, Yusuf Yazid, Jiburak Yilmaz and Zeki, uh, yeah, Zeki Celik. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, we had Cengiz Under at AS Roma, now at Leicester, uh, not doing much there, but quite a few uh, Turkish internationals in, 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 in the Premier League right now, with Okay Yokushle as well, and of course with Shailar Soyunje, um, and in, in, in Germany we've always had a few, but like uh, now uh, Khan Ayhan, of course, and we have um, uh, Ozan, Ozan as well there, Ozan Kabak at Schalke. Oh, I'm sorry, he actually, <laughs> he actually went to Liverpool, of course, in January, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's another one in the Premier League. Uh, and then we have uh, a couple of guys in, in, in the Serie A with Meri Demiral and stuff. So we had a large exodus in the last five to six years. We had a large exodus of Turkish talent going abroad. And in the past, in the previous two, three decades, it was usually Turks from Germany going to Turkey and bringing <laughs> that German school with them. But now, the last half decade, it's more uh, Turkish Homegrown Turkish players like Çalak Soyuncu, for example, is 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 um, from Altinorda, from the Altinorda Academy. Meri Demiral is from the Fenerbahçe Academy. Mm-hmm. Okay, Yokuşlu came from Kayseri. Um, you know, all these these guys, Yusuf Yusuf Yazıcı, uh, Burak Yilmaz, Zeki Çelik, they're all actually born and raised in Turkey and going abroad, and that's something we've never seen before. Uh, and I'm sorry, this is a really long ramble I'm going on right now, but. There is a big shift in Turkish football where in the previous decades, the influence was always from Europe, from the European schools, from from Germany, pre, uh, pre, yeah, predominantly Germany, but also from the Netherlands, from Belgium mm-hmm. um, and from France, even from England, like the, the culture and, and the school, the, 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 the thinking of, of the European leagues coming to Turkey with those talents coming from those countries, those uh, immigrants basically coming back to play their football and hone their craft in Turkey. But now it's turning around a little bit. And since 2015, we have seen a big shift in that. And in the 2018 Euro qualifiers, Şenol Güneş really put that team together. And of course, it took a couple of years because in 2016, we were not yet seeing uh, the results of that. It was way too short on the ball. But in 2018, we slowly started seeing those results and Turkey had a surprisingly impressive uh, European qualifier w- in which they finished uh, just two points behind behind world world champions France mm-hmm. um, and they even beat the French. Both of uh, Turkey and France had only one loss in the in the group stage campaign and and Turkey's loss actually came against uh, against Iceland, which is mm-hmm. not a big surprise uh, given the history those two have had in the last couple of qualifiers. Uh, Iceland has really been like sort of a, a black sheep almost for Turkey in the previous two qualification campaigns. So for them to actually overcome Iceland and manage to finish above them 
uh, with, with a four-point deficit was a, an achievement on its own. Going into the qualifiers, I think everyone really thought, damn it, we're in the same qualifying group mm -hmm. as Iceland again for the third time running. And these guys have really made it tough for us, made it difficult. In mm -hmm. fact, not just difficult, they've outright outplayed Turkey in the previous two qualifying campaigns. So there was a little bit of uh, skepticism about it. But Turkey started really well and finished really well. So they had a fantastic qualification campaign, which really immediately, um, I think, from an out, not even an outsider for the Euros, now suddenly they are an outsider, and they are kind of that black horse in the race, like they have been in the past a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that Turkey are by any stretch of the uh, imagination a favorite or anything like that, mm -hmm. but Turkey are definitely now a team that the bigger nations will be wary of. France twice couldn't beat them, despite the fact that, yeah, Fr France had some players missing and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, they, they they were very impressive in the qualification rounds. And I think if, if a team like France faces them again at the Euros, they, they won't underestimate them as quickly anymore. That's absolutely fascinating, Karen, just to hear such insight from you and to hear that perspective. I think certainly over here we don't have too much exposure to developments in Turkey. So to hear how there has been a shift, as you say, and to hear perhaps the reasons behind that is absolutely fascinating. So thank you for that insight, Can I'm going to ask you now to look forward. We've looked back and we've looked at the reasons behind recent changes or relatively recent changes. Taking all of that into consideration, how do you expect Turkey to perform at the Euros this summer? Well, it's always really difficult to say, right? Because a European, uh, well, a World Cup or a European Championship, it doesn't really matter. It all comes down to that first match. What do you do in that first match? And Turkey plays mm -hmm. against the, the group favorites, Italy. Um, Italy, for the last, I don't know, like 10 years or so, they have definitely gone through a little bit of uh, a metamorphosis. They're changing, uh, changing of the guard. And like, they don't have the big talents they had. In, in in the past, but they they now with uh, with, with Roberto Mancini, of course, who knows Turkey well as well because he used to coach at Galatasaray. They have a very strong uh, side at the moment. I think a very talented side, and it's going to be difficult to beat them. Um, excuse me. So it's going to come down really on what the result is going to be on that first match. Do Turkey manage to get a draw, a surprise victory? It's all going to come down to that. And then, of course, we have Switzerland, who have also have, have a history with Turkey, because in 2000, and I have to go back, I think it's 2005 for the 2006 World Cup, they eliminated Turkey um, in, in, the, in the playoffs. And mm -hmm. there was a big, massive brawl uh, involving both teams. And uh, there's definitely some bad blood there uh, still remaining from that, especially in Switzerland. I think uh, I have a, a friend who is from Switzerland and he says that it, he still gets constantly reminded of that. <laughs> um, so that's going to be a very interesting fixture. Um, it's definitely not the easiest group. Also, Wales, not to be underestimated. Um, they surprised Belgium a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it's it's a treacherous group. Um, in, in theory, I would say Turkey should advance in this group and i very i could very easily see them advance and it would be a massive disappointment if made if they don't but it's also not a guarantee in this group i mean it, it never really is but you know sometimes mm -hmm. you have those like for, for a team like italy you'd expect them to go through like nine out of ten for mm -hmm. turkey it's gonna be a little bit more difficult i would say like a six or a seven out of ten chance that they do go through 
Um, and it's just all going to come down to that first match, I think, is going to be very important. Don't start off on the back foot. Start off with at least a point and then see. Uh, and, and definitely don't lo- lose against uh, Switzerland and, 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 uh, and Wales. Yeah, for sure, Karen. I think that opening game against Italy, not just the opening game of Turkey's tournament, but the opening game of the tournament, full stop, mm-hmm. promises to be an absolute cracker. I really am looking forward to that. Mancini's Italy as well have been fascinating to watch of late. So two teams with really quite interesting narratives going head-to-head. It promises to be a superb game of football. Hopefully it can live up to those expectations. Can how would you try and sum up the national mood in Turkey? Are people optimistic going into the tournament or are people realistic? Turks are always um, very optimistic to say mm-hmm. the least. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of a, a a little bit of a closed off worldview in the sense that I, I think Turkey always the, the fans at least always overestimate their teams. Um, especially club football, you see that a lot as well. They always think that, oh, you know, if they have a really good player in their club, they're, oh, this guy's instantly, this guy's world-class. Like, not just really good. Like, this guy's world-class. Has to be world-class. He plays for us. He's the best player in the league. He has to be world-class. You know, this guy, that's that's the mentality in Turkey. It's always bombastic uh, a little bit. So uh, I definitely think that uh, the expectations, especially given how the Euro qualifiers have gone and also how the World Cup qualifiers are going right now, you know, they beat the Netherlands and stuff like that. So uh, mm-hmm. the expectations are definitely high. Um, and I, I think they 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 can be high, like they, they are they're allowed to be, but of course Turkey, you know, I mean you never know. In two thousand four, Greece won the mm-hmm. European Championship, so it's always possible, you know. And Denmark won it in what ninety two, so mm-hmm. it's possible for an upset to happen. I'm not ruling it out, but uh, realistically speaking, speaking, I think if Turkey managed to get to the quarterfinals, that would be mm-hmm. a fantastic achievement for them. Uh, and I think definitely everyone in Turkey would be happy with that. I mean, obviously it depends on how the matches go and maybe, you know, you you go out on penalties and you really could have had, you had maybe three chances that you really should have scored in regular time. And, mm-hmm. you know, you could have gone through, woulda, shoulda, coulda. But, you know, looking at it from now, at this point of view, at this point of time, I think if you say quarterfinals, they'd be extremely happy with that, I think. Absolutely can. Now, let's turn our attention to the manager, Shenol Gunesh. Um, we spent a wee bit of time practising that pronunciation, <laughs> so hopefully I haven't butchered it. Hopefully I've done it justice. Uh, thank you, Can. Very kind of you to say. How would you describe his playing style, the playing style he looks to implement with this Turkey team? Well, Shenol Gunesh... As a club coach, he was known to play uh, a relatively attacking style of football. With mm-hmm. the Turkish national team, I feel like he's playing more to the strengths of the team. I'm not going to say that they play a defensive game, but they definitely um, start off from a good defensive organization. And that's, of course, made possible with a very good defensive generation of players they have right now. With Ceki Celik is a solid right back that plays for Lille. Uh, very good offensively as well. Mm-hmm. Does play on the right midfield position for them from time to time um, and of course you know the, the two big pair the the, the high profile guys in, in the center uh, are uh, Leicester City's Chalar Soyuncu and of course Juventus is Mary Demiral uh, Mary actually got injured a year, like a little over a year ago um, and when the, the the Euros were originally set to take place in 2020 uh, it was 
going to be very close for him to actually make the Euros. And that was a massive blow to the Turkish national team because he is uh, the, the leader in that defense, especially then in the Euro 2020 qualifiers. He was the strong man. He was the leader. And as uh, time has gone on, Çalak Soyuncu has also very much come into his own and he has be- become a leader. So you have to imagine they have two defensive leaders in this team. They have two incredibly talented central defenders in their team. It's not something that, that happens too often where you have two guys that could wear the captain armand at, at most clubs in Europe. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying like at Real Madrid or whatever, or Barcelona, but like these guys could legit, I could see Chalas Soyuncu wear the captain armband uh, at Leicester, for example. And yeah. Mary, maybe not at Juventus, but you know what I mean? Like these are defensive leaders and it's very rare to see two of those at the same time in the national team, especially for Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, back in 2002, they had it with Bülent Korkmaz and Alpay Özalan. Um, so I would say this pair is better. Um, mm-hmm. So they have a, a strong backbone there. The left back position is a little bit of an issue mm-hmm. because um, they don't really have a very reliable left back yet. Um, Janer Erkin, uh, who is the, the highest profile Turkish left back, was actually left at home. He did not get called up, uh, played a terrible match against Latvia in their last uh, World Cup qualifier was basically responsible responsible for two goals that they conceded. And that's kind of the thing with, with John Erkin is he's a really good offensive left back because he has a fantastic cross and he gets a lot of assists. Um, but he's one of those players that really likes, that, that you want to have in your team if you play the cross and inshallah game. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. cross and hope. Just pray yep. to the gods that it lands on somebody's head. That's the type mm-hmm. of left mm-hmm. back he is. But defensively, he's very... Um, uh, very unreliable. So Shalom uh, Gunish actually kind of called up uh, a 19-year-old uh, Ridvan Yilmaz, uh, who is right now the, the biggest talent that left back in Turkey, but he is 19, 20 years old. So, you know, is he ready for the Euros? We'll have to wait and see. Um, but Shalom Gunish definitely builds on that solid def- defensive unit at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, Turkey have very talented goalkeepers. Urjan Çakır will probably be in goal for Turkey, which is uh, Trabzonspor's main goalkeeper. He's 25 years old, but he's really, really talented. Uh, they also have Altay Beyendir of Fenerbahce. He's 23 years old, another really talented goalkeeper. They're both really talented. The, the difference is that Altay is a little shaky sometimes. Like he's on high... Bo- it's very typical Turkish goalkeeper deficiency that they uh, tend to be a little bit... Um, unreliable on high balls and tend to fumble. And that's something that's very common with Turkish goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, one of the goalkeepers that didn't get called up, 20-year-old Ersin Destanolo from Besiktas, who just won the title with them and was their goalkeeper throughout the campaign. Um, he's, for me, the first Turkish goalkeeper I've seen in a... I can't remember. Like, I had never actually seen a Turkish goalkeeper that's that reliable in the air. I'm not saying he never drops the ball, but, like, he's he's got really steady hands. And that's something that uh, Altai really lacks. Uwajan lacks it a little less, but he also has his moments of uh, shakiness, you know. But definitely two great goalkeepers, fantastic reflexes, great one-on-one, great shot stoppers. So whichever plays, I, t- I, I fully expect Uwajan to play, but whichever of those two plays, they will, uh, I think, make a big impression at the Euros. And I could see uh, whoever of, whichever of them ends up playing at the Euros, I could see that uh, guy making a move to Europe uh, in the summer or maybe uh, next summer. 
Um, but yeah, to come back to your original question, because I keep going off on tangents here. Um, so they do focus heavily on the organization at, from the back, but Turkey have some amazing players, of course, with um, Yusuf Yazidje, uh, Cengiz mm-hmm. Ünder, but Cengiz Ünder has struggled a lot for fitness. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even at Roma, he was struggling a lot, and at Leicester, he's he's barely played uh, at all. Uh, and that's not just due to fitness, of course, you know, but at Roma, for sure, it was uh, fitness-related. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Burak Yilmaz, the 35-year-old king, Kral, what, what, that's his nickname. He's called the king for a reason. He's, he's just setting yep. the league on fire right now with Lille leading them to the championship. Hopefully for them, knock on wood, you know, they uh, play their last match, and if they win that day, they will be crowned mm-hmm. uh, the French League uh, champions so uh we'll have to wait and see with him uh but he is definitely one of the star players for the team uh mm-hmm. one of the players that turkey will be looking to to make the difference the problem with burak is that he he's a, as he got older he's actually a better player now than he was in his pr- physical prime he's smarter he's more composed he uh, yeah, he's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. I have never seen that with a, this type of a player because Buakilmas is a quite physical footballer. Like in his physical prime, like it was all about speed, getting in behind the defense, you know, making those runs, and just constantly getting in goal scoring opportunities because of his his great instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, but he relied heavily on on his speed and on, on his on the uh, and on his abilities to make runs. And as he got older, I never expected him to become almost like um, a sly fox. But he really has, and it's it's wonderful to see. We had him at Besiktas last season as well, and before that, he was at Trabzonspor. And the and the weird thing is that he actually uh, left Galatasaray a couple of years ago and he went to China. And everyone thought at that point, of course, well, he's going to China, fan de la carrière. You know, it's the end of his career. It's, mm-hmm. you know, he's just going to make some big, big money there and it's over. But ever since he's come back from China, he's actually a better footballer. He's become smarter and, and yeah, he's just become more of a team player as well. He's become mm-hmm. more of a leader. It's really, yeah, puzzling to see such a metamorphosis in a player coming back from, from the Chinese Super League. Um, yeah. And never expected that when he left Besiktas in the summer to go enjoy Lille, that he would end up having such an amazing season. Um, and, you know, this is, he, he's 35 years old. Um, he's hes turning 36, in fact, soon. I think mm-hmm. even uh, this month or next month. So, yeah, this is... Um, this is his ride off into the sunset moment. Potentially, he could go and have an amazing Euro, and this is his chance. And and, and Burak Yilmaz is the type of player that if he he's, I, I would liken him to Cristiano Ronaldo, not in talent but in mentality, mm-hmm. how he works, how he takes care of his body, the mm-hmm. the commitment he has to his sport, uh, how much he he invests in himself and how much he is capable of charging himself up for big moments we saw that in the qualifiers as well he he played two beastly absolutely beastly matches against france like varan and was it untiti i'm not sure anymore which 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 duo they had at the back but they could not contain him absolutely mm-hmm. couldn't contain him it was crazy but then what you de- you did see after that france match you saw a big deflation and you saw that he he couldn't do that 
three days later again. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Turkey will have to cope with at the Euros. That, I, I for example, he could be in ma- on massive, massive form against Italy and play an amazing match. But then three, four days later, he may not really be up for it for the next fixture. Like he, he might just have to recharge for a week or something mm-hmm. like that, you know? And that's the, the disadvantage with Burak Yilmaz at age 35. Um, and the other big disadvantage is that uh, Turkey's top scorer in the Euro qualifiers, Cenk Tosun, is actually injured. Um, mm-hmm. He has a knee injury and uh, he won't be at the Euros. So Turkey are a little uh, short on, on, on strikers. Um, so they they had to call up uh, Halil Dervisholo, who uh, just scored like three goals in the league this season for Galatasaray. Uh, he joined them in January on loan from, uh, is it Brighton? Uh mm-hmm. Might be right now. I'm, I'm spacing on that a little bit, but no way. So, yeah, but anyway, the the point is that they don't really have depth up top. They don't really have an alternative for Burak Yilmaz, Enes mm-hmm. uh, Unal, who's been playing in in the Spanish La Liga for uh, a good while now. He's not really a reliable source of goals. <laughs> um, he he does keep finding clubs in in the uh, in the, the the Primera División in in uh, in. In, in Spain, so there, there's something there, but he's not exactly a goal machine or anything like that. He did have a fantastic season at Twente a few years ago in the Dutch league, mm-hmm. but he's not someone that uh, is going to carry that Turkish front line. And Cenk Tosun would have been the perfect alternative for Burak Yilmaz, but unfortunately he's not there. Uh, so hopefully for Turkey, that's going to be very important to keep Burak Yilmaz healthy. And then they're going to have to rely on the likes of Yusuf Yazici, Hakan Çalhanoğlu, um, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully a fit Cengiz Ünder uh, for the goals. Yeah, for sure. Can you do not need to apologise for going off on your tangents. Your tangents <laughs> are captivating and so insightful and really enlightening. I'm, I'm absolutely loving listening to you, so I'm sure the listeners will as well. And just on that note, you mentioned the Turkish contingent. Uh, Leo, we're recording this um, just before the weekend or, or the final weekend of the season in Liga and Leo, of course, travelling to Angers, needing a win uh, to to guarantee that title. So by the time the listeners are listening to this, they will know if we'll have or have not done it. So hopefully future um, fans of European football will be revelling in, in, in a recent league and victory for Leo. But that remains to <laughs> be seen. Can I'm going to ask you now about um, key players within this Turkish team. We've already spoken about quite a few of them yeah. at length, but if you had to highlight one in particular who is so crucial to the way this Turkish team play, who would you go for? Oh, it's <laughs> a very difficult question. Um, during the qualifiers, like I said, in the Euro 2018 qualifiers, Miri Demiral, central defender, was incredibly important. Um, but yeah, he had his injury. Then Chalak Soinju became really important. But Burak Yilmaz is always important as well. Um, so there's not really one player I can single out. Turkey aren't a team that has one big star like Cristiano Ronaldo at, at, at Portugal or a, a, like, like Gareth Bale for, for Wales, for example. Turkey mm-hmm. don't have that. But they do have... I kind of liken it a little bit to 2014 Belgium. You know, Belgium before Kevin De Bruyne, before Eden Hazard, before Romelu Lukaku were 
big world stars before mm-hmm. De Bruyne was the man at Manchester City, before Eden Hazard was really well, he might have been already the man at Chelsea at that point. But like Turkey right now are kind of like that. Like Belgium mm-hmm. in the early 2010s, what am I saying? <laughs> the 2010s, the early 2010s, they started having the same sort of exodus of the Belgium league to the top five leagues in Europe, in mm-hmm. particular Germany um and uh and 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 england and also uh spain with uh thibaut courtois and turkey are starting to have that now as well now obviously turkey's generation are not the belgian current belgian generation like it's not that talented like belgium have top talent in every line or at least in 2018 they had now that vincent company has retired you know you can question the quality of their defensive unit like Fortunga, Alderweireld are good but not world class or anything like that but you know what I mean like they had something everywhere Turkey have a really good goalkeeper or goalkeepers really good back line solid midfield mm-hmm. and also some nice offensive talent with Yusuf Yazici, Hakan Çalhanoğlu and Cengiz Ünder and then of course Burak Yilmaz but this generation lacks a new a successor to Burak Yilmaz, first and foremost. Um, but it, the star of the team is the team, not mm-hmm. one particular player. It's mm-hmm. a unit. It's a tough team. And that's the, the thing with Turkey that I think they lacked in the previous years is that they were they had a bunch of talented players, sure, not talented enough to carry them to tournaments just based on individual quality Mm -hmm. and they lacked the team chemistry and that's something they have at the moment and that's something that's going to make them a tough opponent to beat for anyone i'm not Mm -hmm. saying that they're gonna like i said i'm not gonna say that they're gonna go to the semis or win the tournament or anything like that but turkey are just one of those tough nuts to crack um and so are so are switzerland for example you know yeah they have that same sort of strength and that's that's what turkey is but i think turkey right now might have a little bit more eccentric um quality and a little bit more yeah. eccentric uh talent than than the swiss national team do but you know switzerland have their have their own uh talents of course and so do wales but you know yeah absolutely it's a tough group can but with the players at their disposal that the turkey have you you would probably not that you'd be overly confident, but you would have a good feeling, mm-hmm. certainly. And um, I'm going to ask you in a minute just for your ultimate prediction with your head or with your heart. But before I ask you that, do you think there are any young players or players who have flown under the radar so far who could have a breakthrough tournament for Turkey this summer, Can? Well, uh, Ridvan Yilmaz is one of those players. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, Turkey are a little um, tin at the live, left back position. So it, it kind of depends on how Shinal Gunish wants to play. If he's going to decide to play in a three-man uh, back line or a four-man back line, I do expect him to play a four-man back line. Uh, and then the question is going to be, is he going to give the nod to a young but inexperienced Ridvan Yilmaz, or is he going to bank on uh, Umut Merash, who plays in uh, the French Ligue 2? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would really hope he would go with Ridvan, but I know Chanel Gunesh well enough to know that he tends to go for experience. So mm-hmm. um, if he gets a chance, 
Ridwan Yilmaz could be a discovery for uh, most people in Europe that that don't watch the Turkish league regularly. Urjan Chaker, who I expect to be the starting goalkeeper for sure, uh, will be someone that people will first uh, discover there. Uh, but apart from that, like most of the the guys from the national team already play in the top five leagues right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, yeah, I think the goalkeeper mainly Urjan uh, or Altai if. Uh, for some reason, Chilanguinesha changes his mind and goes with Altai, or if Uojan would get injured or suspended or something. Yeah, So either points. goalkeeper, either goalkeeper. They're both great. Um, not perfect goalkeepers. They both have working points, but they're both young enough to improve. And they, like, Uojan is, is, better, is a better complete end product at the moment, but Altai has something beastly about him. Mm-hmm. Like he is the type of goalkeeper that if you're a striker and you come one on one with him, you're going to hesitate for that split second. He has yeah. that about him, in Turkey at least. Mm-hmm. In at the European Championship, nobody's gonna know who the hell he is, so they don't care, you know. But once they get to know him, they will. Yeah, absolutely. They'll they'll know who he is now, as um, Bill Shankly once said, in in uh, slightly more expletive. Terms, one of my favourite moments of co-coming to that, but um, I was alive when it happened, but still a memorable moment. And yeah, certainly scope for some players to to make a breakthrough of sorts for mm-hmm. Turkey this summer. Can thank you so much for for coming on. I'm going to ask you one last question, and I say to all of my guests, you can answer this with your head or with your heart, and you've been very um, level-headed in your analysis of the Turkish team. So I think you'll probably opt to answer this with your head, but I'll leave it up to you. How far will Turkey go at the Euros? I don't know from the top of my head what team they would face if they get out of the groups as first or at second. Mm-hmm. Um, so it all depends on who you meet in that next round. Mm-hmm. But I see this Turkey, I legit see them going to the quarters. And mm-hmm. Turkey in the past have been such a tournament team like they they always struggle to get to the tournaments mm-hmm. but when they do they tend to do quite well mm-hmm. um they did okay in in 2000 and 2002 then they missed 2004 2006 and then they had another really good 2008 so they got to the semis in 2002 and 2008 um 2016 was a disappointment missed 2010 missed 2012 missed 2014 mm-hmm. um so yeah it, it depends on who you meet in that next round and all that but i i could see them go to the quarters and nice. with turkey you just you're it, it, you know it's one of those teams that you have to put them down or you're mm-hmm. never done with them yeah for sure can one of the teams that i am really looking forward to watching this summer at the Euros, a tournament team, as you say, can packed with talent in just about every part of the pitch. Thank you so much for coming on, Can. Thank you very much for having me, Alistair, and uh, thank you all for listening as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure the listeners will have loved listening to you just as much as I have. Hopefully, you, the listener, are staying safe. Hopefully, you're staying well. Until next time, goodbye.